Do you want to run further, faster, or stronger? Do you want to enjoy your running more and generally be a better version of yourself? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Alan Ladd, a running coach and nutritionist. My aim is to help you improve your running from 5Ks to ultras by providing you with the knowledge and tools you need on training, nutrition, and mindset, as well as giving you the inspiration to dream bigger, achieve more in your running, and to make it fun at the same time. Welcome to the Running Rules Podcast. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Running Rules Podcast. Thank you for tuning in wherever you are. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, Whether you're listening on the run, in the car, whilst you're cooking, wherever else you are. Um, I hope you're having a good day and everything's going well with you. This is episode number 14. I'm going to be talking about 5Ks, um, all the way from couch to 5K to park run to races. I'm going to go through a few tips on how to improve your 5Ks. Um, I know recently we've talked a lot about marathons and you might be surprised to find out that 5Ks are not so dissimilar to marathons as you might think. Um, And we'll get into that a little bit later. Apologies if you are a regular listener and you listened last week and were expecting a podcast on nutrition this week, which is what I said I was going to be doing. Instead, I'm going to be doing a a live masterclass next Monday, the 15th of May, uh, which you can sign up for. Um, I'm going to be doing a Nutrition 101. So if you want to come to that, it's going to be at lunchtime for UK and Ireland listeners. Um, That's going to be on Zoom next Monday, the 15th of May. Uh, All you need to do is go to www.therunningrules.com forward slash nutrition 101 and you can sign up for the masterclass there. We're going to go through the basics of nutrition, how it can support your running and how you can enjoy it as well um, as being targeted I guess with your nutrition uh, how it can help you with your running but you don't have to be overly restrictive Um, there's lots of um, theories out there that people have but my belief is that uh, being inclusive with foods and including things that you like uh, is going to help you in the long run rather being, than being overly restrictive, focusing too much on certain types of foods and then falling off that kind of diet later on down the line. So it's going to really be um, giving you the tools that you need to know what is going to be helpful towards your running and how to include more of those foods in and Also enjoy the other foods that might not be optimal for running, but you might enjoy as well. So that's going to be next Monday, the 15th of May, uh, 12.30 UK and Ireland time. And all you need to do is go to therunningrules.com forward slash nutrition 101 to get the Zoom link and hop on to that. So today we're going to talk about 5Ks. It's something that uh, I've wanted to do for a little while. Um, I know there's people listening on this that don't do marathons, and I know we've gone very heavy into marathons over the last month or so, and marathon season's been at its peak. Um, 5K is a great distance. It's one that 
I focused on for quite a while, um, a few years ago. And it's one that I haven't focused on that much recently, but I'm going to get back into. As I alluded to on the podcast last time, uh, I'm going to be taking a cycle off marathons this time round in autumn. I'm not planning at the moment to do a marathon. Uh, Of course, that can always change. Uh, I'll never say that I'll never change the plans, but at the moment I'm going to be, I'm planning to be focusing on shorter distances. Mainly that's going to be 5k, 5 mile and 10k, uh, possibly half marathon towards the end of the year. But it's going to be a little bit of a change up for me. But as I said at the top of the show, it's not necessarily radically different in terms of the structure of the training that I'm going to be following. Um, I'm still going to probably roughly be following the schedule that I normally follow, which is um, faster, shorter intervals on a Tuesday, um, another workout of some description on a Friday, and a longer run on a Sunday, and then pad it out through the week with easy runs. I still think that works well for a 5k. Uh, I talked to my coach last week and we both agreed that that was sensible um, for my schedule. Obviously, when when you're training for 5k, because it's a lot shorter of a distance than a marathon, you probably can be a lot more flexible with how you set up your training. Um, You know, it's not as time consuming, but that doesn't mean that you can't put a lot of time into it as well. If you're really obviously pushing to try and get that 5k time down, then there is scope for, you know, a, a heavy schedule in the week to get that 5k time down. Obviously, um, the elites that are running 5k's are still running a lot of mileage. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like. But first of all, I just wanted to give you a bit of context of my experience of 5k's and why I love the distance so much. It's really become sort of the first stepping stone, as it were, to adult runners getting on the running ladder. So there's been a massive um, boom in couch to 5k runners. Uh, At the club that I coach at, we have one every year and we have um, people come through that people that might have run in the past may have run at school or maybe have never had any experience of running and it's great always to see that range of people coming through and getting their first taste or back into uh, running as a as an adult Um, so I feel like 5k is a really accessible distance for most people and that's probably the biggest appeal of it it's it's actually strange. I was I was thinking back and wondering whether the boom in couch to five k came after park run or before it, and I, I I I'm guessing that it probably came afterwards. Park run, for anyone that doesn't know, is a is a free weekly five k timed run that happens in many many locations throughout the world. In fact, there's twenty two countries I think that run park runs and over 2,000 events but especially in the UK and Ireland it's very popular also in Australia and South Africa I was looking up there's a lot of park runs there so since that has really taken off it keeps on spiraling and spiraling Um, the first event in 
Northern Ireland. First parkrun event was in 2010, so six years after it started. And Louise and I were actually at that first one. My mum tipped me off that parkrun was coming to Belfast, told me what it was. And we went to the very first one at Waterworks in 2010. So if you look back to race number one there, or event number one, you will see us down there at 33 and a half minutes. Um, And then we didn't go back again until 2012. Not that we didn't enjoy the experience, but we neither of us were in into running at that point. We weren't really actively running, and we didn't think about making it a regular weekly event for us. Um, which I suppose now feels like an obvious thing to do, but I suppose back then when it was a new first time event it didn't really dawn on us to keep going at week in week out and um we didn't go back till 2012 and then i got quite heavily into it um in probably two batches um first around well maybe three first around 2012 where i started to try and focus on that 5k time and really get it down um i started off in 2012 running about 25 and a half minutes and over the course of that year managed to get down to just under 20 minutes which was really the sort of the holy grail that I was going for in the 5k um, I thought if I got to sub 20 minutes in the 5k you know I've, I'll have achieved everything that I ever want to in, in running and it's great to have these these goals that you're striving for and a 5k goal can be really accessible um you can see that improving probably week on week um i did go every week and i was trying to get faster every week i don't think now looking back that is the best way to do it i think targeting one that you're going to run fast maybe every four weeks is a much better way to see that improvement. There were some weeks I was shaving off a few seconds. There was some weeks where I was slightly slower again, and that can be a, a little bit demoralizing when you don't see that immediate um, improvement week on week. Um, because once you start, once you start at the very start, then you're probably going to take off time quite quickly but then you get to a point where it becomes a little bit harder you need to change something up in your training possibly or it's more about the conditions on the day or how you're mentally feeling loads of things that can affect that 5k time um, especially once you have got through the initial stages of cutting that down but certainly when you first start it's great to see that improvement and you can get that week on week uh, and it's a really great motivator to um, sticking at it and and keeping going with the park run. Um, obviously I, I was fit enough at the time to be able to just run 5k off the bat. Uh, I was always relatively active and I think back then I was probably playing squash as well so fitness wise um, I always felt like I had a natural sort of base level of fitness that would allow me to get around a 5k at least 
Um, that's obviously not the same for everyone necessarily. It depends on your history and uh, what you've what you've done recently, whether you've had any experience of running. And that's really where Couch to 5K can come in and take you from basically doing nothing to building up through running, running interspersed with walking up to that 5K distance. And it's it's really great achievement for, for people to get through that program and get to that first 5K. And you might even not be running the entire 5K. And that's absolutely fine. You know, I, I really think that everyone has to set the goals um, based on their own circumstances and not worry about what anyone else thinks. So please don't think that if you don't run the entire 5K, then that is not um, achieving the goal. You have to set the goal. And maybe it is that the first time you just get around the 5K, however it is, maybe you're walking half of it, running half of it. And you can build from there. Maybe a goal later on down the line is to run the whole thing without stopping. Um, and the fact that the park run runs every week means that you can keep going back and doing this. Obviously, you don't have to use the parkrun necessarily. You could do a 5K anywhere. But I think that's probably why 5K has become this, this distance that is really the holy grail for people to start with for running. Um, it is interesting, though, because it's, you know, 5K is just an arbitrary distance. Why not? one mile or two miles or you know a k it 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 kind of arbitrary and but it's just really a starting point that i guess is far enough away from something that anyone could do because if we said run the 100 meters then probably most people would be able to get through the 100 meters might be busted by the end of it depending on how fast they've gone but most people are probably going to be able to do that without any kind of training whatsoever um whereas 5k is i guess is more of a more of a distance that you wouldn't necessarily do even just walking um if you if you weren't that active so it's interesting how that's evolved but it, it's a great starting point and then from there I really feel like you can do anything from there because once you can run a 5k as long as you sort of keep that level of fitness up you could just keep running 5ks every so often uh, and keep that fitness ticking over the fact that park run runs in so many places these days you know it's it's great to be able to go away and find somewhere to do that with other people that are like-minded um, you'll see all types of people at the the park run for all different reasons um, as I was saying I got into it more in 2012 and then I had a bit of a break when we had our first child Aaron uh, I didn't really get back into it until 2014 um, and then through 2015 and 2016 I looked at the numbers and around around about 30 each of those years. So that's uh, more than every other week. Um, so I was really into going to as many park runs and notching the numbers up really and keeping on improving. But you'll see lots of people um, at park runs with different goals, I guess. Um, some will be trying to get those numbers up. Some it's a, it's a weekly routine. Some will be there doing an easy run 
for instance. Some will be building it into a workout that they're doing. Some will use it as a time trial or, or a race. Um, and I've probably used it in, in many different ways over the years. These days, especially when I've been training for marathons the last couple of last two or three years, it hasn't really fitted for me. Um, it hasn't really fitted well in my training. Um, I usually, it, it could have done, I usually have an easy run on the Saturday and then a long run on the Sunday. So I could have gone to park run to do that easy run. But um, also with uh, the kids, we have gymnastics on a Saturday morning, we have football on a Saturday morning, so it's quite difficult to to tie that in. I had this um, vision that one day we would all be going to the park run every week as a family and that would be the main focus, but that's fine. That hasn't happened yet, although my eldest uh, Aaron is now getting into park runs. He's done a, a few this year and... Um, is around about the same speed as Louise, so that's that works quite well. And, uh, you know, he's fast enough now that it's a nice, easy run for me at the minute. That's not going to happen forever. At some point, he's going to get up there and be challenging me and, and probably go past me at some point as I get older. Um, but the moment it's it works out well for me to go with him and it's an easy effort for me and he can he can push on. Um, but that can only happen when uh, the football's off. So the moment is not a regular fixture for us. There's also junior park run on the Sunday, which is great for the kids. Um, that's a 2K run. Uh, our youngest is, is quite into that. He likes doing the 2Ks. And I think although he could probably run the 5Ks, um, I think it's a little bit far for him at the minute. You do see very young kids doing the 5Ks, and that's great. I just feel possibly that sometimes it's better to get a bit more variety in in there. I think I'm glad that Aaron's doing the football training because I think that gets the, the sprints, the stop-start, and the change in direction um, into his training as well. Um, I think that could really push him on for the 5K as well. Um, but he's clearly got a great engine for the 5K and he, he, he knows how to pace himself really well as well. That's, he's had that from a, a very early age. As I remember, we took him to do um, the full 5K park runs when he was quite young, um, probably four or five. Um, and then obviously with COVID, uh, park runs didn't happen for a long time. So then he didn't do them for a while then and he was he got into the football but he's definitely getting more of an interest in it now. Um, so 5K has always been, you know, a big part of my running history. Um, it's the distance I would have definitely covered the most. Um, I've actually looked back at my stats. I've actually only run seven 5K races, which is incredible if you think about it, having run 11 marathons and I think 20 half marathons. I've only run seven 5K races, um, but that's because I've run quite a lot of park runs as time trials as well. It would be impossible to say how many. Um, I would have to look back and really sort of analyze each one because um, uh, I've run 160 park runs, but that's the whole spectrum from racing them flat out as a time trial um, to 
going at a tempo pace, kind of in a workout scenario, to an easy run, to running with a buggy, to running with a toddler. Um, you know, it's right the way through and even helping out uh, Couch to 5K graduation. So I think, you know, there's a, a massive spectrum of times that I've run from um, 17 being my fastest right up to, you know, 48 or 50, something like that. Um, so it would be impossible to really know exactly how many I've raced flat out. Um, it's probably actually not that many. It might not be that difficult to work out. Um, but yeah, only seven 5k races. So we'll get onto those in a little while about why you might want to do a race rather than a park run. Park run is great. And I, I do recommend getting into the park run, but there is definitely a place for 5k races as well. So before we get onto all of that, how do you start into 5k's? And obviously I've touched on it already. The couch to 5k is a massive, uh, been a massive boom in that. And it basically is a plan that takes you from doing nothing, basically, up to do, completing a 5k. And the one, there's probably lots of different plans out there. The one that a lot of people use is the NHS one. And there's an app that you can download and you get uh, the plans on that. And you can also listen to the, I think it's like a podcast um, during each of your runs to sort of guide you through those runs. So it really does give you everything you need to get started. Um I think the big key I would give to people is to not try to try not to run too hard. Um, I think a lot of people get geared up to run as fast as not not as fast as they can, but think that running should be hard. And yes, it will be hard if you haven't done it before or you haven't done it for a long time. But really, you want to have a lot of your running be easy and the way one of the easy ways to do that is intersperse the running with walking but also when you're running you don't need to be running flat out especially at the start so run is definitely different from a walk with a walk you always have one foot on the floor whilst when you're running there'll be some points where you're completely off the ground so that is the definition of the difference between a walk and a run but that doesn't mean you have to be sprinting to be running so you could call it jogging instead but that's still running to me it's an easy run um and there's lots of different types of running um all of it to me is running so taking that step from walking to running um it, to me it doesn't matter how fast you're going um that is the first step and so I would really encourage if you're just getting started to just keep it as easy as you can. Yes, it's going to be difficult, but it doesn't have to be horrendously difficult. And I think that's possibly when people tell me that they don't like running. It's usually I find because it's just too difficult. It's they're running too hard to the point where it's just not enjoyable. And like I say, it might not be overly enjoyable at the start. Um, but you can definitely try and, and make it more enjoyable than, um, just, 
bolting out of the the blocks straight away and trying to trying to cover as as much ground as possible in in that in that time period the other thing that i would urge you to have a look at is look at the terrain that you're running on um if there's lots of hills for some people that might be unavoidable depending on where you live and where you're able to do these runs i would say make the run as easy as you can when you're starting off so don't be afraid to run on the flat um, because hills will make it a lot harder if you do have hills don't be afraid to walk on them at the start um, it will take quite a while until you're able to run hills without it really being very difficult um, even when even when you are you know an experienced runner hills will slow you down um, anyone who thinks that they can maintain pace on any kind of you know decent gradient i think is probably running those hills in a way that's not probably the most optimal to what they're trying to do so i definitely feel like the last couple of races that i've run my approach to the hills has been to maintain the effort on the hills and that inevitably means that the pace is going to drop and what i've found is that people might go a bit faster than me on the hills but then when you get to the top and you're on the other side and you maintain that effort everyone else who has been sort of going past you or has just been pulling away a little bit they're gone by the top of that hill they've used so much energy that you know they're wrecked at that point and they're not able to then capitalize on that flat or the downhill and so that that should tell you that if experienced runners are finding hills difficult uh it's it's depleting their energy then it, that is certainly going to be the case for for a new um runner so don't be afraid to walk on the hills don't be afraid to walk in general as well um the aim should be to be able to cover that 5k distance you get to decide how you do that if you want to do it by running the whole time that's great but you won't be able to do that straight away right off the bat so that's where the walk breaks really help you um, to build up that period of running um, without just landing you straight in the deep end and that's what you'll get from the the couch to 5k app if you follow the plan it will build up at the start you'll maybe only be running for one minute at a time uh, and that's intentional you know if if we said that you're going to start by running for 20 minutes um it's just it's not it's not reasonable to expect people who have never run before or haven't run in a long time to be able to do that um so that's why one thing i would say looking at the couch to 5k plan the the general nhs one is that it's not that varied and that i know it's worked well for a lot of people and that might not be an issue but don't be afraid to mix up those runs a little bit more uh, especially when you get into the last three weeks it's big blocks of running three times a week so the the whole schedule is three days a week for nine weeks but the last few weeks is 
big blocks of running every day of the week. And that's not really probably what you would do in a normal training schedule for anything, really. You would have different sessions there that you would have a longer session. You would have um, shorter intervals. You would maybe have a tempo. And to be honest, if I was devising a 5K plan from a couch to 5K plan, uh, which I have have done before um, with a couple of people, I would be looking for a little bit more variety in there. If you en- if you're enjoying it, that's absolutely great. Um, it will get you there. The, obviously, it's had massive success, uh, and I'm not saying anything against it. Um, but one thing is, if you are feeling a, like you're struggling in some of the weeks with either the the big blocks of running or just the interest levels of what you're doing, then reach out to me if you need a bit of guidance. Um, I, I definitely recommend mixing those weeks up a little bit more than they are in the Couch to 5K app. So then the other thing that you need to consider probably even before you start the plan is what gear do you need? And in all honesty, you don't really need that much. You do need a pair of comfortable shoes, um, preferably running shoes. And I would probably urge you to do that and invest in a pair of running shoes just because it gives you a little bit more buy-in to what you're doing. I think if you don't do that, that's fine. But it, if you've got if you've gone and bought yourself a pair of shoes, then that gives you a bit more skin in the game. You know, when it gets to two weeks in, three weeks in, when you haven't got that initial buzz anymore, but you know you've bought into it um, a little bit more by getting the shoes, get maybe getting some some nice leggings or a top that feels good. Um, I think that can make a little bit of a difference, a little bit of a mental twist rather than just cobbling together what you've got, which is, it's fine if it's comfortable, then do that. If, um, if, if you feel good in it, then that's absolutely fine. Um, but just treating yourself to some, some nice shoes, um, a bit of comfy active wear, I think that might make a little bit of a difference. Then focus on the achievement of getting out and keeping going. So you don't need to Obviously, you want to have that end goal in your mind of I'm going to be completing the 5K in nine weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever the goal is. But focus on those short wins because that period of time to get down to the the actual time you're going to be doing the 5K is a long time. So you need to focus on those smaller wins to keep you going. And that could be, you know, completing your first week, getting all of the runs in. It could be then continuing that on for the second week. Um, It could be the first time that you really don't want to go out, but you do it anyway. All these are little wins that are going to keep you going and you can look back on and say, well, I got through that so I can do it again. And one thing that also helps with this and why Couch to 5K programs are so huge is the accountability. If you have other people going through it at the same time, then that really helps. You know, when you're feeling a bit low, they might be feeling a bit better and you can bounce off each other then. 
If you don't have that, feel free to drop me a message if you're struggling at all. Sometimes all it all it all it needs is for you to just tell someone how you're feeling about it. Um, and that can just be the weight that you need. Or it might just be a little bit of motivation or a little bit of guidance that can help you. So I'm always free here to, to answer a message or two if you're feeling low on motivation. And that goes for you know anything that you're doing, anything in running, not just couch to 5K, but if you're training for your first half marathon or your 15th marathon and you're just not feeling it, sometimes all it takes is to bounce that idea off someone else who has experienced it before um i remember going back to last summer um sending qu- quite a, a narky message not at my coach but basically saying i wasn't sure if i really wanted to run a marathon in the autumn you know I wasn't really feeling motivated to get back on with the training and i think just sending that message and then him responding and saying it wasn't as simple as this but but basically well what are your other options what would what would you do instead that just got me thinking about well what what would I do instead what would I be targeting and when I thought of the alternatives um I realized that I did want to still train for that marathon I did want to do it and that might just be the same with the couch to 5k there's going to be times where you're not feeling it as much as other times and you just need that little voice just to say, well, why did you get into this? Um, what did you want to achieve? Has that changed? You know, is it just a temporary feeling? You know, think about how you're going to feel when you do actually get to the end of this. What's it going to mean for you? All these kinds of questions to keep you going um, because there will be will be some hard times along the way. Um, but most of all, just try and enjoy the feeling of getting out. Um, I, I honestly believe that a lot of people get into running probably from a fitness point of view, not thinking about the mental health benefits, but then the mental health benefit benefits come. And that's possibly the reason that they stay in it more than, you know, the fitness benefits. Obviously we Quite a lot of people want to chase time goals, and that's great. But when you dial it all back, people just generally feel better, usually, when they get into running. And if you don't enjoy it, if you've given it a good shot, there's probably loads of other things that you could get into instead. Maybe it's biking or swimming or something else. But for a lot of people, the mental health side of running is huge, and that's why people, you know, stay with it. Um, and but you have to give it a little bit of a chance to get to that point. And I really do believe that most people who do get through the initial sort of resistance to um, running and getting, keeping going with it will actually find those, those benefits for themselves as well. So once you've conquered 5K, hopefully at that point, you've caught the bug for it and want to keep going. Obviously, if you haven't, you've really hated every moment of it, or you didn't feel any achievement, then might be time to, to find some other pursuit. But if you are keeping going, what next? Um, most people will either fall into a couple of categories, might want to just keep the 5Ks ticking over. Like I said, the park run is there every week, so it's great to be able to have the fitness to, to go along when you feel like it and, and do that. Um 
I'll talk about Parkrun a little bit more because there's, there's loads of options with Parkruns as well. You could go for faster times or you could go for longer distances um, or you could just vary it up and do different courses with um, the Parkrun. So there's lots of different options. Quite a lot of people catch the bug and then want to go on to the next distance, um, which, I mean, there's so many different distances, but I always think of the main distances in races being 5k, 10k, half marathon, marathon. So 10k being the next step on there, but it doesn't have to be. There's a fair few five mile races out there. You might find a four mile race. Uh, So there's lots of things that you could target there. It doesn't have to be a 10k. That's usually the next stepping stone on the ladder for people. And the, the training at that point might become a bit more structured than the couch to 5k training but it's not going to be necessarily that much different you can probably still go up to 10k with just three days a week um you probably want to have one of those a longer run and like i say vary the other two up a little bit more than it is done in the couch to 5k uh, program you if you're going for park runs then there's so many different park runs out there. Um, the last counting, there's 36 in Northern Ireland. Um, so it's not that long ago that, um, and I'll talk about this another in another episode, but we did the 24 and 24, which was 24 park runs in 24 hours in Northern Ireland. And at that point, there were only 24 park runs. That was in 2017. So had another 12 since then and obviously the first one was in 2010 so we went from one in 2010 to 24 in 2017 now we're at 36 um and those courses just here um are so different you've got victoria which is a flat three looper which is where people go if they want a really fast time you've got the likes of colin glenn which is really a big hill up for about a mile and then flat on the top and then a big downhill to finish. Um, you've got Port Rush, which is totally on beach uh, and you've got trail ones as well. So there's so many different courses and parkrun tourism has become a big thing for people trying to tick off all the park runs. Uh, my son Aaron now wants to do that. He's run eight park runs so far but six of them have been different so we've got 30 to do in northern ireland uh there's quite a few local ones that we still what that he still needs um but then we we need to go quite a bit further afield to get some of them um probably an hour journey to just to to go to a park run so probably need to build that into something else um but that's something that's really taken off and obviously if you're on holiday then you can find the local park run if there is one and do that so doing different courses is a great way of extending things you might even want to start signing up for races and 5k races are usually great events um quite often you'll see 5k as a a shorter option at a longer race so this is if if you're going for really high profile races i mean Boston and Chicago marathons both have a 5k the day before possibly New York as well actually didn't look but I know that Boston and Chicago do Um, and these are a really great way of getting that 
big city marathon buzz, but only having to do a 5k. Not that I'm dissing 5ks in any way, but you know, you don't have to go through all the training of going to a marathon to get a similar buzz and they're, they're great events. And on a, a local level, you probably get half marathon or 10Ks with a 5K option as well. Um, so that's one option. Quite often I've found that 5Ks tend to be community charity runs as well. So maybe from a school. Um, and these are usually really, really good events. Um, you'll get a good community feel for them. Probably a good spread on afterwards. Um, and possibly some there's some fundraising and uh, charity work in there as well probably probably some of your proceeds go towards a charity and i think that's that's great um sometimes you're spending a lot of money to get into a race and it's you know it's going towards lots of things like paying the police for road closures or water stops or medals t-shirts and all that and sometimes having those races that are really stripped back with a good community feel and where the money's actually going towards the community can be a really good feeling um and that's probably you know most of the 5k races that i've done have been a bit more like that um i think one benefit to doing a race over a park run uh, parkrun is great and it's still something that i would use even if i'm going for a you know a, a 5k you know best time or best effort um i quite often use victoria parkrun um because it's flat uh, it's looped but what you'll what you'll find with that is that not everyone is there for a race and that could be said of the the community events as well but probably less so uh, in those events definitely at parkrun you'll find a lot of people who are just there for a run and a chat which is great but it i feel sometimes if you're really pushing to get a good time that vibe is not as conducive as getting in a real race with lots of other people who are also trying to push on and get a really good time um i feel like that can actually pull you along and you probably find that for real 5k races you will find more people at your speed actually trying to push for a good time whereas you might well find that you might be pushing for a good time but you're sort of running alongside people who are just out there for a chat which again is absolutely fine that's what parkrun is there for it's for everyone whatever they want to do on that day um sometimes it can be a bit more conducive to a good time if you get in a real race with everyone that's racing the other thing is with some of the looped courses and parkruns you might find that um if you're more if you're at the faster end of things that you'll have to lap people um either once or possibly even twice if there's a lot of laps on the course uh, and that can slow you down as well whereas quite often for 5k races it's usually going to be either an out and back or some kind of loop where you're not passing runners um who are at the back um so that can be better more conducive for a faster time as well so that option is there you can also get um more crazy races because 5k is just a distance but you could get fell races i remember doing 
it was not really a fell race, but a trail race up um, near us, up uh, Carmony Hill. And it was probably the slowest 5k that I've done where I've actually been at full effort. The elevation uh, just makes it such a, a harder race. Um, so you can in definitely increase the difficulty of a 5k by adding in elevation or difficult terrain. So there's loads that you can do with just 5Ks. One last thing I would say about races as well is that generally they should actually be 5K. Not that Parkrun isn't measured. Um, I'm sure that Parkruns are measured, but because they're put on every week and it depends on the course, sometimes you could find some where they're maybe not exactly 5k every week. Um, one example of this is my fastest 5k so far is on a parkrun course in Manchester. I'm not going to name names, but you can look it up. And I'm pretty sure that day it wasn't actually 5k. Now, I've talked before about GPS being off, and GPS was really bad. Um, so it's probably impossible to tell. But there was a bit on the course, it was a two-loop course, there was a bit on the course where there was an out and back to a cone, um, and he did that twice. And I think, and my brother has been, Johnny, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, he's been back a few times, and the position of that cone, he says, is not the same every week. Uh, and that's more likely to happen with something like a park run. It's run by volunteers, it's not too strict it's every week yes ideally in an ideal world that that cone would be absolutely in the same place millimeters out either side and no more but in reality we don't know who's putting that cone there who's marshalling it every week maybe it's someone new you know someone doesn't have time to check all of that and i'm pretty sure that the time i ran it was a little bit short um, so probably if you enter a race, it's more likely to be actually 5k if you're really sort of worrying about um, times and wanting to um, make sure that your, your PV is actually a PV. Um, for me, it's a little bit frustrating because I look at that time and my other 5k times after that have not even being within 30 seconds so that's partly down to the fact that I don't race any 5k's, 5Ks so hopefully this year I will be able to target that time even though I don't think it was done on um, a 5k course I think my fitness has moved on I'm hopefully will be able to do, to to do that this year and run a faster time on an actual 5k if you really want to be sure 100% that your course is 5k then do it on a, a running track it's 12 and a half loops of a running track this is something I've not done myself uh, but I'd be quite interested to do because it really can make your pacing so much easier um, obviously GPS is always a bit dodgy um, it's not 100%. So even if you think you're pacing something perfectly, you might not be. If I go back to uh, the Victoria Park Run that I uh, recommend doing if you're looking for a fast park run in Belfast, it's been run 
um, both clockwise and anti-clockwise. And the way it runs now, which is clockwise, I'm, I have my watch on my left wrist, which on the outside, I know that it measures about 3.16, which is 0.05 over what it should be. I've run it the other way and it measures about 3.06, so about 0.05 under 5k. And that affects your what it's tell what the watch is telling you your pace is because it thinks you're running slightly more or slightly less than you actually are. I'm pretty convinced that the park run course is 5k bang on, but depending which way you run it, your watch is going to be telling you you're running faster or slower. So that will happen on the track, but obviously the difference with the track is that every time you complete a loop, you can look at the elapsed time and know exactly how long you've taken for that for that 400 meters. So that's where you can really get your pacing dialed in if you are wanting to target a particular time. The only problem I would see with it is the monotony and the constant turns in the same direction. Uh, I'm not sure how I would fare with that. Um, I think it could be a good thing if you can really sort of zone out and zone into your pace and not worry about the monotony. Um, certainly a 10k on track, I think that would be quite um, a challenge as well. But um, it does represent a good chance for running a PB. You know, it's going to be dead flat. Um, it's really good running surface and you can get that pacing dialed in completely. You should know if you're working it out and watching it, you should know exactly where you are and what you need to do to get that time if you're running on track. I'm going to finish up with some tips for 5k training and how you can improve over 5k. It really is something that um, I didn't do very well when I was into 5k's back in probably 2012 I would say. Um, I ran the same distance every day, same pace during the week and then just tried to run faster on the park run day. Um, I think a lot of people can fall into running the same kinds of workouts every day and not really making much progress. So the first thing I would say is vary your training up. Um, I think having a longer run is a good idea. Um, the 5k is actually quite a long event and that might seem like a strange thing to say, but if you think about uh, Olympic events, for instance, you've got a lot of track events, um, 100 meters, 200 meters, 400, 800. They are the ones that are the fast, powerful sprint type events that require your anaerobic system to be really strong. 5k, if you look up on the internet, and it will depend on how fast you are, because if you're faster, you're taking less time. If you're slower than you're taking a longer time but if you look up on the internet in general people reckon that the 5k is about 90% aerobic which means that 90% of the time you are burning fuel with oxygen so you have to be able to get the oxygen in fast enough in those really short sprint events you're not limited by the oxygen because the anaerobic 
um, energy system can keep you going even if you can't get enough oxygen in. But that only lasts a certain amount of time, uh, around about three minutes. So if you're doing a 5K, yes, you'll dip into that anaerobic system um, from time to time, say on the sprint finish, or if you've got a bit of a hill there, um, you will be using that. But primarily, massively primarily, you will be using the aerobic system, which means you are basically using the same fuel system or the same energy system as you do for a marathon, which is 99% aerobic. Um, obviously those are not exact figures and it will change for everyone but the point here is that a lot of the slow runs, long runs that help for marathon training will also help for 5k and that is why I see this a lot that when people commit to marathon training you'll see their 5k time comes down as well. So that is kind of proof in itself that you know the the 5k is an aerobic event because if you're doing a lot of aerobic based workouts for the marathon you also get fitter at the 5k if it was the case that it was a completely different system that you were using for the 5k then it would stand to reason that if you were doing marathon training your 5k time wouldn't go anywhere you would not get any faster over 5k even if your marathon time was coming down so that's really important to remember when you think about your training. Yes, you need the faster, shorter intervals to test out that anaerobic system, which is going to be a little bit more important in 5K. But primarily, you're going to have a lot of aerobic-based activity in there as well. So you're going to have, if you have a longer run, that will be building your aerobic system now, you don't have to probably go to 20-mile runs like you would be on a, a marathon uh, training cycle, but you can definitely train, you know, a lot over 5K on those long runs. Um, it, you wouldn't just... To get the best out of your 5Ks, you need to be running longer than 5Ks to build up that, that aerobic base as well. So that could look like 60 minutes, 90 minutes, even two-hour runs at the weekend um, but that is also going to be um, complemented with shorter interval sessions um, that are going to help build that speed so I quite like um, sessions that are specific to the distance so for 10k I like six by one mile repeats for for 5k, I quite like uh, 5x1k repeats, um, but those intervals are going to be totaling in and around what your 5k time is, or maybe a bit more if you're a faster 5k runner, or a bit less if you're a slower 5k runner. But in and around that 20 to 30 minutes of interval work um, is really going to help push you forward um, in the 5k Um it's also going to build your mental capacity for handling the pace on race day as well. So I always dread doing 5Ks because I don't like running that fast. And actually, on paper, it shouldn't be any difficult, any more difficult than a, a marathon for me. In fact, it should be easier, even though I'm running faster, because 
that pain is only lasting for less than 20 minutes, whereas the pain of a marathon, okay, you should be comfortable for the first hour, um, but for me, it's always the second hour that starts off being difficult, and then the third hour is where you really sort of just hanging on, trying to get as much as you can out of it, but it's kind of like a slow wind-up, burn-up of everything to the point where it just becomes really really difficult and that isn't really the same with a 5k 5k you don't really get any time to build into it and you have to keep that going basically for the entire time which is what I don't like I I like building into it and so for that reason I would say if you're like me and you're more endurance based you like building into those races that are a bit longer make sure that you do a really good warm-up before your 5k. So quite often I would, for a 5k, I would be doing at least 5k in the warm-up as well, including, I would probably do 5k and some drills and strides as well to really get ready for it so that you're almost building into it from the warm-up. That's what it's there for, it's to get you ready to be able to hit that 5k uh, pace straight off from the get-go. I have tried to do this without a warm-up. Um, I used to not like warming up um, and it's, <laughs> I remember doing this once at Victoria, going straight to the front, um, going to the first corner and just completely dying after the first corner. Um, so definitely build a warm-up into your um, race Make sure that's sufficient to get you warmed up and ready and primed to go for that 5k. You can add in hills and shorter tempo work as well. Hills are really good um, for loads of reasons. I like them. I think people think that hills are really there to practice running hills. And I believe they're still valuable even if you're planning to run on a flat course. Hills help build your form. Um, it's difficult to run with bad form on hills, um, so it gets you a bit more primed into a better position on the hill. But also, it's an easy way of raising the heart rate and getting it up to that level of that anaerobic work that we were talking about before without having to absolutely sprint on the flat. So because it's so much harder to run up a hill, if you are doing hill repeats, you'll be able to run at a slower pace going up that hill, but still get the heart rate up to um, a level where you're going to get that anaerobic uh, benefit from doing the hill repeat as well. Shorter tempos can be really useful as well. Um, if you do a lot of just interval work, short intervals with a lot of recovery, I think generally that's that, that's good training for a 5k but it doesn't help you really string those those segments together. And that's where shorter tempos can come in, those 10, 20 minute segments or blocks to really sort of not necessarily run those at 5k pace in training, but just a bit slower than that. But, but it's going to help you when you get into that race, know that you can keep on going at a certain pace that you started off at. And then... In between all of that, 
lots of easy running, which also builds that aerobic base, which is going to be, again, as I said, important for getting your fitness increased and being able to run the 5k more efficiently. So I hope that really helps you to visualize where you are on your 5k journey. Um, and if you're targeting a 5k anytime soon, what you're going to work on for the next time round, there's always something that you can tweak, whether it's in your training or whether it's in your execution of the race or your mindset, that's going to really help you to push on with those 5k times. And I always think that the 5k, your 5k time is a really good indication of your fitness and it can be multiplied up. Yes, you might not have done marathon training, but I really believe that you can really get a good idea of what your potential is at longer races like the marathon by having a look at your 5k time and multiplying that up and my rule of thumb, which makes it really dead simple, is to take your 5k time, multiply by 10. Gives you quite a, a reasonable idea of what your marathon time might be. Uh, if you did train properly, obviously, for a marathon, you can't obviously go out, run a 5k at 21 minutes and then turn up on the next week and run a three and a half hour marathon. It doesn't work like that. But you know, it gives you an indication of where your fitness is and where you might be able to get to uh, in a longer race as well. Because as I said, the systems that you're using for those different lengths of races from 5k upwards are basically the same systems. So everything does slide. Yes, some people will be better at 5k's than marathons and vice versa. But generally, People who are faster at marathon will have a faster 5k as well and vice versa. So I hope that helps and uh, let me know what your next 5k is going to be. Um, I'd love to hear where you are with 5k, what you're going to do next. And um, you can do that by messaging me at The Running Rules um, on Instagram or Facebook or send me a, an email at alan at therunningrules.com. Don't forget that I'm doing the Monday Masterclass next week, Monday the 15th of May. That's going to be nutrition for runners. Wherever you are with your own nutrition, uh, bring any questions that you have along. There will be a chance for a Q&A at the end of the session as well. But we're really going to be focusing on the building blocks of nutrition, what's important to think about and what's not so important to think about as well so that you can really um, dial your nutrition in for, you know, for life and to fit around your running as well. Thanks for listening today. Enjoy your week and hope that you will join me next week as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and I hope you've got something to take away in action in your own running. Finally, who do you know that would enjoy this podcast? If you can send them a link, that would be amazing. I also have lots of free content on my website, therunningrules.com including marathon guides, nutrition guides, and pacing calculators, as well as information on my coaching services and courses, which are all designed to take you to the next level of your running journey. Have a great day, and see you for the next episode.